Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Changing mad, building the best IEP, every child is different. Nine things about Discoculia and the approximate number system, the display has an impact. Welcome and this is week 20 in 2016 and we are here with uh, Discoculia Headlines Weekly, the podcast where we talk with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Discoculia Services and we're looking at the links provided on our website. Welcome Dr. Schroeder. Hi, pleased to be here. Yeah. Well, we have some uh, some interesting uh, interesting links uh, today. We we start is that a historic perspective that we have here, the change of math and does math change? Um, one on one is two. That's always been that way. Is still, not changed. Still two, it's but not been uh, how we look at math and how we um, study it is really changing. I think um, the whole world is fastly changing. And with that, that also comes huge, huge change in math education. Um, we probably remember classrooms with blackboards, but now yes. all, almost all classrooms have whiteboards sure. and smartboards. Um, the students have laptops instead of cahiers, and uh, online resources um, instead of textbooks. Um, so that's the, the format. Now about the content. The standards uh, are higher right now in an effort to better prepare students for, for college and mm-hmm. for careers. Math becomes digitalized um, using computers and phones. Um, currently, 70% of high school graduates goes to college. Way more uh, than in years past. So that also um, asks for a change in uh, math education. So it's, it's making a shift to incorporate real-world applications right now, and I, I really applaud that um, development. And also it allows students to explore instead of uh, just having to memorize uh, dry formulas. Right. So we're definitely heading the right way. Good. That is a major change. Yeah, from... The days that I was in uh, in school, you know, the math, and if I now see it with my children, math education has changed, and I think for the better. Um, now, many of the uh, parents that are listening to our podcast and also who answer our tweets, uh, they talk about the uh, IEP. Uh, can you elaborate? The uh, next link is about building the best uh, IEP. What is an IEP, and, and how do we build the best one? Yeah, this is a very important link um, about uh, IEP, so individualized education plans. And um, they have been uh, around for years. They are um, set up in and decided upon in a meeting between school officials and parents. And it has always been a complicated process because... Um, you need to look into where the student is, what exactly do you feel are attainable goals for next year. And um, that asks for a lot of study and a lot of background knowledge to make a good IEP. That's why a lot of 
parents bring an advocate who is more knowledgeable about that system to their IEP meetings. Is that, is that something you do as well? Yes, that's something uh, we do as well. Okay. So here uh, we have a very nice development where um, we have a document with federal mandates for IEP goals. And it's called Smarter Steps. It's a 20-page, very readable document that I would really encourage all parents who are involved in IEP meetings um, to read. And we'll, we'll put a link on the uh, on the page with the show notes uh, on the podcast page. Yeah, yeah. This one that you um, refer to is posted on Teachers Pay Teachers. It's a free download, but obviously you can also find it at the uh, ida.ed.gov uh, website. Now, I said the smarter steps are included here. That's an acronym, and two of the R's really uh, appeal to me. Um, first R is about research-based um, strategies, and the second R is about relevant, so that what you put in that IEP should be relevant to the general education. And uh, if you look at the requirements 7, 8, and 9, it says uh, research-based services and um, teachable cues and strategies and um, also to evaluate did it actually uh, turn out to be effective. So a very important document for both school officials and parents involved in this process. So it would really help if both the school officials and the parents read this document before they sit down to develop the, uh, the IEP for their children. I feel that this is a document that should be distributed to all uh, people involved the in the meeting mm-hmm. right. before the meeting right. so that we're on the same page. Very good. Very good. Our next link is, uh, is interesting um, uh, and it comes with the, uh, with the headline, uh, um, every child is different. Now, this is about, I think, a very experienced homeschooling mom. Is that, uh, is yeah, that right? absolutely. <laughs> it's, uh, lots of pictures from lots of children on this link. She has the Teach with Joy blog. And this is from a homeschooling mother, mother who has successfully taught math to her three boys. And all of a sudden she experienced that the same methods didn't seem to work for her first, her first child, a girl. And she was thinking, hey, what, what's, what's different here? What, what should we do now? And after a lot of thinking and research on the internet, um, her plans to help her little girl include uh, to do more hands-on experiences, both games and, and using manipulatives. Uh, she is connecting the math more to real-life situations. Mm-hmm. She makes it uh, more fun and, and creative. And she is uh, really encouraging and, and positive and, and more patient than with the boys. And um, as a last thing, she says, uh, you need to pray. So these are all great suggestions. And um, I wish her lots of luck. And if she um, happens to hear this podcast, uh, please feel free to use my downloadable hands-on activities. And uh, in particular, the Math Bedtime Book. 
and it's free on, on our website. On our website. So that will join that will, in with the help. ideas she has, yeah. how she can help. There are lots her of happy, uh, happy pictures here and, uh, and a good, good overview of uh, her process to, uh, to get to uh, teaching this way. A very good, uh, very good link. We're talking with Dr. Schroeder, the founder of DiscoCuliaServices.com, and we're looking at the links provided on our website, DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com, this week. Now, our next link is sort of a general link, I think. Uh, it talks about nine things that we need to know about DiscoCulia. This is sort of an introduction, I think. Yeah, this is uh, an introduction uh, posted on, uh, from Community on BuzzFeed. And important is that they start out to say that there is not one form of dyscalculia, but there is a combination of issues uh, that um, comes up in a different combination in, in uh, a specific student. Like um, some students have more issues with spatial weakness, uh, some students... Uh, have struggling have struggled to understand the process or to remember the process and obviously um, the link from the Arabic numbers with actual quantities is is an issue for those students. There's also a useful list with uh, warning signs by age and very important is I just see um, number seven. And they say dyscalculia, having dyscalculia does not mean that the person is dumb. And I really love their quote. Um, a person with dyscalculia loves to play Scrabble, but hates to keep score. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, is, that is a good quote. And also, um, remember that if you have dyscalculia, like the person who makes this blog... Um, be sure that you're not alone, that there are things you can do to help. Very good. And I think it's wonderful that BuzzFeed has this link. BuzzFeed is a very well-traveled uh, uh, website. And uh, so lots of, uh, lots of people will, uh, will learn about this. Very good. Also, they start off with uh, the pronunciation, this, call, ku, lea. And they actually... <laughs> They write it <laughs> on, all a, down. on a canvas. Yeah, yes. many, many people have difficulties pronouncing it. Very good. Well, that brings us to our, our last uh, link for the week. Now, that's also a slightly more complicated and troubling one. And, and this deals with that approximate number system. We talked about that last week. Yes, this is a, a very nice um, addition to that. The approximate number system is really... Uh, to the center of, of the number sense and um, is clearly linked to most of the problems that um, students with dyscalculia um, have. So this article um, is about the how the dot display that you compare um, numbers is affecting um, sorry because you have to uh, choose between the uh, the dots, say like yellow and blue dots, and then make a call uh, which which color has more or less dots. And I've seen it in two fashions. One is where you have like the yellow ones on the left and the blue ones on the right. But then sometimes you also see pictures where they have them all all you know woven into each other as like a spread of blue and, and yellow 
which I find more confusing to find out which one has more or less gas. Mm-hmm. Well, th- there's actually a growing body of research on the link between uh, ANS, the approximate number system, uh, acuity, and the link with math achievement. And these authors point out, uh, like you say, that there is a, there are different methods used to test the uh, approximate number sense acuity. Usually, um, the display of the dots that you need to say, which are uh, more numerous, uh, are displayed mixed. Okay. So, like you have the blue and yellow dots. Uh, you compare at the Panamath uh, number sense test of, of St. Jo- uh, Johns Hopkins. And I, I do recommend uh, trying this out for everybody. It's a free test and you get um, uh, results compared with your age. Okay. Now, uh, using this mixed format often shows a link with math achievement. Okay. While surprisingly, another format like where the dots are separated into left and right, does not give that um, link. That's interesting. That's very interesting. So apparently the brain is processing these two things uh, in a different pathway. Yeah. Now, uh, so this study is comparing the influence of having the dots mixed or separated. And they have thrown in another thing. Uh, congruent trials and incongruent trials. Let me explain that. A congruent trial means that the more numerous dots set, so the the group with the with more dots, if you add up all the areas of these dots, add up to a larger uh, area. So the dots are all the same size, basically. Now you have an incongruent trial. Oh yeah, where the where, dots are different sizes. Where the dots are I've different sizes, too. but the total area of all the dots is similar. <laughs> yeah. So the group with a smaller number of dots, uh, to make that happen, there the dots need to be larger to make have the same, uh, yeah. to make up for it, have the same area. And there is also a difference in acuity uh, for that. So, um, so that's a pretty pretty interesting find. After all these years of doing studies with those dots mm-hmm. and having different displays. Now, we have to say that there are some issues. Like, uh, there is a somewhat low test, uh, retest reliability. And uh, this uh, research found lower re- uh, reliability of the intermixed uh, versus the comp- uh, the separate dot presentation. So oh, that's another okay. issue that we need to look into. Okay. But this is the first publication uh, comparing uh, three elements, the Weber factor, the accuracy, uh, and the response time for mixed and separate subta- uh, sets. So uh, I fully agree with the others that we should uh, look into within subject design um, research, with more in-depth assessment of math level and uh, cognitive ability and inhibitory uh, measures, so that we can figure out the the true relationship between uh, uh, the approximate number of sense, acuity, and math achievement. Very interesting, and 
although uh, you need to uh, reread some parts of this uh, research to really understand what's going on, I think it is at the core at uh, where we are developing uh, understanding of how the process works and automatically uh, how we can help students where the process does not work normally, how we can help them better. So, very interesting. Very interesting. Well, this is a, a slightly complicated <laughs> last topic uh, for our, our podcast. Thank you very much for that uh, in-depth explanation. And yes, I do advise all our listeners to uh, look at the links that we provide uh, on the podcast page underneath the link to the, uh, to the actual podcast. And, uh, and that will bring you to the actual article so you can read it for yourself. Um, so with that, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder. We'll see you again next week. Dr. Schroeder is the founder of Disco Kulia Services. You can also follow her on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Free downloads and a free Disco Kulia screener are available on her website, discoculiaservices.com. And her ebook is available on amazon.com. And it is called Disco Kulia... The Forgotten Learning Disability. Here you go. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Disco Headlines Weekly is a production from DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com. You can find us on the web at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we are on Twitter at DiscoCuliaHead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for DiscoCulia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at DiscoCuliaHeadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you, and until next week, you can count on us.